The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. This is superstar Frank Morano. Well, it's Friday. It's Friday. TGIF. We made it. Thank goodness. And you know what that means. First hour of the program, we're going to do a little Ask Frank Anything. Whatever you have questions about, now's the time to ask them. Go ahead and give a call to one 800 848 That's 800-848-9222. And we will give a prize to whomever came up with the best question this hour, as judged by our illustrious staff. The uh, gentleman who won last week, Naftali, he uh, chose to have $50 from me donated in his name to Hatsola of New Jersey, which I did. Hatsola of Central Jersey, to be precise. So uh, congratulations to Naftali. We're not going to do that this time around just because I can't give out $50 every week. But this is going to be interesting because uh, my colleague Dominic Carter says he has a question. It'll be interesting to see what uh, he has to ask. I spent a lot of time with Dominic before the show, and you would think he could just ask me before the show. But clearly it's something that he wants you to hear, so we'll get into that. And uh, coming up a little later, I'm really excited about this. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. will be here. I'm leaning very much towards voting for him for president. And I'm going to ask him a few questions about the Middle East. I'm going to ask him about why he's running as an independent to begin with, if there's any scenario in which he thinks he can actually win, because obviously since 1860, no third party or independent candidate has really come close to winning. And yet the polling, at least among independents and young people, shows he's doing quite well. So we're going to ask him about that and a whole lot more. But for now, let me hear your questions. 800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. And if time permits, uh, we will get to some of your email questions as well. Frank.Morano at wabcradio.com beam me up to be continued the other side of midnight local spotlight good morrow everyone this is the other side of midnight on 77 wabc i'm superstar frank morano the more we learn about Eric Adams' campaign for mayor, the shadier it looks. Campaign finance regulators overseeing New York City taxpayer-funded matching programs for political campaigns flagged nearly 400 donations to Eric Adams' mayoral campaign in 2021 as possibly bundled and requiring disclosure the campaign never provided. Where does it end with this guy. And there's a great article about this in The Gothamist. And what experts are saying is that this shows the weakness in campaign finance law. And campaign finance regulars overseeing this very generous program, which if you're not familiar with it, it gives $8 of your money, taxpayer money, for every dollar in private contributions from individual donors up to about $200. And the city's campaign finance board generated the list of donations that were combined into a single contribution. This is a practice called bundling, and unfortunately, it's very common for citywide candidates. They did this in October of 2021 as part of an audit of Adams fundraising, and it represents nearly $396,000 in potential public matching funds for his campaign. The board says the audit is meant to instill confidence in the public matching 
matching fund system where small donations are matched eight to one. Unfortunately, this has done anything but because officials said the audit has been paused while the FBI investigates whether the mayor's 2021 campaign collected illegal foreign and straw donations. But the federal probe has also made abundantly clear that the rules and enforcement around campaign finance law leave a lot of room for improvement. Nicole Gordon, the campaign finance board's founding executive director, said in an interview with the Gothamist, it's unfortunate, but there can be a gap between the intent and the specific black letter of the law. Neither Adams nor his campaign have been accused of wrongdoing. Still, the campaign appears to have failed to disclose some fundraising events and bundlers, also known as intermediaries, who deliver donations from others. Reporting by Gothamist and other news outlets has found that that's the case. Although intermediaries must generally be disclosed to the campaign finance board, the rules around them are contradictory and riddled with all sorts of loopholes, making enforcement tenuous and transparency incredibly elusive. Now, I have never been a fan of this matching fund system. But if we're going to have it, we need to have it so that it can't be abused by people that are doing business with the city. And that, unfortunately, is what so many of the people that bundled for Eric Adams did in 2021. I shudder to think about what they're going to do in 2025. Beam me up! To be continued. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. I have become quite a skeptic when it comes to offshore wind. One, it seems like it's far more expensive than the people that were pushing this led everyone to believe and is requiring far more in taxpayer subsidies than the taxpayers would led to believe. Additionally, it seems like there's certainly at least a possibility that the very beginning stages of the mapping of the uh, offshore wind farms, at least in the state of New Jersey, but potentially elsewhere as well, has had some sort of effect on marine life, possibly screwing up the way that whales navigate. Additionally, it seems like they're not necessarily generating the kind of energy or not poised to generate the kind of energy that we're talking about. However, New Jersey, in spite of all their setbacks, appears to be betting big on offshore wind even after the disaster of a year that was offshore wind in New Jersey last year. New Jersey has made another big bet on the offshore wind industry's future this week when you Utility regulators approved new wind farms that will provide enough power for 1.8 million homes. The Board of Public Utilities greenlit ratepayer subsidies for a pair of projects by two developers, Attentive Energy, a subsidiary of Total Energies, and Leading Light Wind, a partnership of Invenergy and co-developer Energy Re. The move was a big reset for Governor Phil Murphy's administration and the offshore wind industry. Both projects are far offshore, between 40 
40 and 47 miles from the coast. According to the board, one project is off the southern Ocean County coast, while the other is planned around the beloved Atlantic City area, at least beloved to me. I have to say, I have uh, a lot of qualms about this, and I do wonder if part of this is driven by the fact that Phil Murphy's wife, who was a longtime Republican, is in a Democratic primary now, and she's already going to have to wear the scarlet letter R as she's being attacked from forces on the left in a primary. Are they trying to essentially greenwash her and allow the Murphys, Phil and Tammy, to be the entity responsible for offshore wind development, which is more popular in Democratic primary circles than it might be in the general election. I would hate to see a political motive for this, but unfortunately in New Jersey and maybe everywhere, there's a political motive to everything. In any event, I think this could end up being a big mistake for New Jersey taxpayers who are subsidizing all this. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. We have been telling you all about the state's absurd redistricting process throughout the entire history of New York State. Redistricting for the congressional legislative lines has taken place every 10 years, except now, because the Democrats wanted to gerrymander, a court put a stop to that, and they found a more friendly court and more friendly court of appeals judges that would rule the other way, and they brought another court challenge, so now they're in the process of redrawing these lines again. Now, it's unfair. It's not right. It's not fair to the candidates, not fair to the voters, but it's also logistically becoming near impossible. So New York, and this has nothing to do with fairness or anything else that I just mentioned, New York is rapidly nearing the date when the lack of new congressional lines could start interfering with the ability to hold primaries in June as planned. And so far, there are a few signs that the redistricting process will be wrapped up soon. New York is rapidly approaching the drop dead date and this is poised to be a disaster. You see, there was a Democratic victory in a redistricting suit, which led to a Democratic order from the State Court of Appeals for the state's Independent Redistricting Commission to produce new congressional plans by February 28th. Candidates are supposed to start collecting petitions to run for these still-to-be-drawn districts by February 27th. To make the deadlines logistically possible, local boards of elections have said the entire redistricting process should be wrapped up well before the court's deadline, ideally by sometime around February 1st. It's now January 26th, and since the legislature will need to vote on any lines produced by the commission and possibly draw their own, guaranteeing that February 1st goal is met would mean the commission's draft would need to be produced a couple of weeks ahead of then. And that looks impossible, because in the waning days of January, commissioners have not scheduled a public meeting, which they're required to do, so whatever is happening with the district lines at this point is not happening publicly, much to the consternation of people like me who want a clear and transparent process. This is insane. Susan Lerner, the head of Common Cause, one of the good government groups, and I've occasionally been critical of both Common Cause and Susan Lerner, she said, conducting business behind closed doors is unacceptable. Open your doors to the people. The people who live in the congressional districts deserve a say in who will represent them. And I'll add, those of you that are thinking about running for Congress this year, you need to know where to start campaigning. Where should you be meeting voters? What events should you be attending? This is insane. Shame on those that brought this suit for putting us in this position. Beam me up. To be continued. 
Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.